This is Lending on Call. The banks and credit unions are in a great place, actually, that they can, if they choose to do so, they can compete against these non-traditional lenders by, you know, in some cases, it's simply applying technology, but, but doing nothing is, is not an option, for sure. Like, if they sit there and do nothing, eventually they'll just get eaten alive. Banks and credit unions focused on commercial lending faced the threat of disruption on one side from alternative lenders and regulation on the other. Things sound pretty rough for traditional financial institutions, but one technology provider I spoke to says there's call for optimism. David Boswell, head of new lending products for DNH, says that competition from alternative lenders is formidable, but with rising interest rates and new technological advances, Banks and credit unions have a chance to turn the tables on alternative lenders and fill a much-needed gap in the commercial lending space, which is leaving many small and medium-sized businesses without access to loans. Thanks for joining us today, David. It seems that banks and credit unions are backing off of commercial lending, especially smaller loans for smaller borrowers uh, because of the relative high costs of complying with the regulations that came in under Dodd-Frank in 2008. Would you say this kind of set the stage for disruption by alternative lenders? The regulatory environment and the and the risk appetite of the current the banks and credit unions has throttle the supply of loans to a significantly larger portion of small business owners. Mm-hmm. And, you know, two things happen there. One is those owners struggle to grow. And the other thing happens is new entrants come into this, like that we are calling alternative lenders and are finding other creative business models that are filling the void. And those new entrants are now tapping out of the, they're finding it harder and harder to find new customers. So they're starting to grow into the space, the traditional space the banks and credit unions are in as they, as they mature their business models and their products get, their technologies and products get better and better, right? So, so there's a real threat um, to, to the traditional banks and credit union spaces who, who try to continue to do business the way they've always done it with, you know, little technology and a lot of relationship. So, so they need to find a happy medium, which takes advantages of new technologies that we can provide as an organization, but also allows them to continue to have close relationships with their customers, but still be profitable in their business, right? So that's the real challenge that we're hoping to, to help solve. That's an interesting perspective. A lot of people are looking at alt lenders right now, and because the majority of them are not deposit takers, there seems to be growing concern about their ability to continue uh, to take in capital uh, as interest rates rise, especially because a lot of them aren't profitable or at least not profitable enough. On the other hand, there seems to be a lot of renewed optimism for banks and credit unions uh, and their prospects relative to alt lenders. With alt lenders, their business model is becomes increasingly non-competitive in a rising interest rate environment. But more significantly, they're really all just one-trick ponies, aren't they? Like, how do you build a deep relationship? Don't you need to have other stuff to offer? Yeah, but they're all trying to offer more stuff, right? So, and in some cases, they are succeeding. Right. So, so you're correct. The, the alt lenders don't have deposit takers or deposit, what is it a depositor? Yeah. <laughs> it's a term for a person who deposits money, but they have investors and they have various 
models of how that investment works from, you know, peer-to-peer investment to more like it looks like a, an investor, like a, a fund or, or um, you know, there are different capital markets uh, models that are out there. But they're struggling to, to grow their investor pool as well. Um, so their cost of capital is, is, is quite high and that will continue to go up as the rates go up as you, as you articulate it. So it's tough for them to compete or it's harder for them to compete. So the banks have an advantage there. They have a much lower cost of capital. Right. Um, uh, but, uh, and they also have a much broader product set. So you're right. So, so once those alternative lenders um, grow to a certain size, what they find is that it's harder to continue growing at that same pace because they are one trick ponies. And so they start to diversify their product set. And you know, soon enough, they start to look and feel and act like banks, right? But they just don't happen to have branches. Um, but they will struggle to continue there. So the banks and credit unions are in a great place, actually, that they can, if they choose to do so, they can compete against these non-traditional lenders by, you know, in some cases, it's simply applying technology. And in some cases, also having a very careful look at their their business model and their appetite for risk and how they process stuff is a little bit of cultural things, right? So, so they'll have to think a little bit differently that from that perspective, if they truly want to compete and be sustainable over the long run, but that's doable and they have got a value, a viable market model. So, uh, but, but doing nothing is, is not an option for sure. Like if they sit there and do nothing, eventually they'll just get eaten alive, right? It'll, it might take a while, uh, for some of them because they're in niche areas that, that aren't that interesting for some of the new entrants, but eventually someone will just capture that market share because they're just, or they're not going to be able to make a profit at it. What do you see as the long-term prospects for the alt lenders? The alt lenders will will consolidate big time, right? There'll be a a massive consolidation and only the strongest will survive. Right. But those strongest ones could be very strong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, and that's, that's what's really going to happen. Now, will they completely turn the banking industry upside down? I don't think so. I think they'll just be a different type of bank, right? Um, I think the stuff that's really going to turn the banking industry upside down that may really cause some systemic shift is is things like like Apple Pay and that kind of stuff starting to starting to really encroach into more traditional financial services. So the logical step after Apple Pay is well, where's the cash coming that's actually going to transact that, right? Is that coming from your Visa card? Is it coming from a deposit to Apple Pay? Um, is it coming from your paycheck? And then what happens if you don't have enough in there? Well, can we offer you a small loan to cover that? And all of a sudden, you've got what looks, smells, and feels and acts like a bank, but is really all part of the payment processing thing on your mobile device, right? Mm-hmm. So that, to me, is much more disruptive than an online lender trying to capture market share through the online channel, right, of a traditional lending product. It certainly feels like the current round of alternative lenders is the prologue to the serious competition that is going to come and the new attacks that we're going to see on the traditional financial institution model, given the importance of user interface in the digital lending channels. Uh, the fact that Apple is already there is kind of like the worst nightmare for uh, banks and credit unions. So bottom line, 
traditional financial institutions like banks and credit unions ignore uh, alternative lenders, the current crop of alt lenders and, and other f- uh, fintech uh, at their peril. Um, they, uh, they acknowledge most of them that, you know, they're not, they're too opaque, too slow, uh, too inefficient. Tell me how, uh, DNH is helping to solve these problems for partners and clients. Well, I think, uh, for sure the opaqueness can be solved to a great degree using better technology and better processes. So, so some of the things that we're doing here is, is building technologies that, uh, that enable the borrower or the customer of the bank or the member of the credit union uh, and the lender or the bank himself uh, collaborate better together. So you're sharing more information about what's actually happening. And so that's, a, that's really following the, the tremendously compelling macro trend across almost all industries of shifting of that transparency information from opaqueness that's all inside the financial institution to sharing it with the borrower so they have visibility to what's happening uh, all the way through the process and they can see their options and the pricing of their options is visible and and you know doesn't require the commitment of them to come into a branch or or sign up for everything um so they can see that more and more and more and that power starts to shift more to the borrower side Hmm. um and and that's that's also been going on a lot in the alternative lending spaces. They're not hiding the price of their products behind some wall and forcing the borrower to go through hoops to get to the to the end state. They're actually exposing that right up front, and it's visible to all their potential borrowers. It's also visible to all the competition as well, which is a bit of a new model. Um, so, so we're we're enabling that through technology means um, using you know the mobile first user centric designs that uh, are easy for the borrower to consume and and feel familiar to many of the other online or mobile applications that they they use in their everyday lives now um can you get a little bit more specific and tell me how uh total lending small business is is uh contributing to that yeah so total lending small business is is enabling small business owners to rapidly access an application experience at their own convenience, at their own time, to uh, initially apply for a loan at a bank and then actually follow that loan all the way through the application process to hopefully a positive decision that the borrower will be happy with and, and proceed with. And, and they have visibility all the way through that process so as to what's happening, and they get immediate feedback as to you know, if they're missing information or, or if the bank needs more information or is asking for a modification or there's some change, the bank says, maybe I won't say yes to the full thing you've applied for, but I will say yes to this. And that can be done very quickly and very rapidly through a mobile channel or an online channel, whatever's convenient to the borrower. And the banks can do that without having to build that technology themselves. It can connect to a lot of the things they have today or or ultimately down the road, we'll have more and more capabilities in our, our total lending small business solution that'll support the full lender experience as well, all the way through the underwriting and documentation process. So, so that's really what it does for small business owners to enable that transparency and, and, um, and frankly enables the banks to compete on an even keel with what the alternative lenders are providing today. So you can go to most of the alternative lending sites and within minutes, 
get through a process and say yes or no to certain dollar amount. Uh, full transaction speed's not as fast as that, but you can get much more quick information um, that doesn't require a visit to a branch. They don't have to call anyone. They don't have to talk to anyone in many, most cases. So um, it just feels much more convenient to the borrower. It sounds to me like a lot of the inefficiencies that uh, banks are currently wrestling with, especially in navigating the digital channel, is uh, something that Total Lending is uh, addressing. Tell me what else banks have to focus on that's outside of the technology arena so that they can remain relevant for their borrowers and competitive relative to alt lenders. Uh, That's a good question. So so I'd say a couple of things. One is um, what we see sometimes is it, you know, this all starts with some web experience or some mobile experience that the bank or credit union already has in play today. So this won't solve that problem. So the customer needs to come to their website and start the, the process there. And so they certainly need to make their own existing websites easy for the customer to consume. They have to be able to find the link that says apply now uh, easy in an easy manner. So they may need to make modifications to how they do things, and that might mean changing some of their internal policies as to how this is organized, um, how much information they share on their website, et cetera. Uh, the other thing that, that they will need to wrestle with, which is uh, uh, frankly a much harder thing, is, is internal policies around risk and decision-making processes, et cetera. So, um, you know, some organizations may not want to give their best offer until they talk to a human, right? So someone comes into the branch and now they'll say, okay, now we have our best offer for you, Mr. Customer. Um, whereas, you know, the new alternative lenders, they're not bothering with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're saying, here's our best offer and, and, and you know, this will be, there's no other negotiating required. So, um, you know, that's the sort of thing which is a bit more of a fundamental mindset shift in the organizations as to how they do business. Now that's not to say all banks or credit unions operate that way. But um, that will be something you need to wrestle with. The other thing is really internal inertia and, and processes around how you make decisions on commercial loans. So we see that all the time, right? So a lot of times we can provide a technical solution that can make their processes much more efficient. But a lot of banks and credit unions don't choose to take advantage of that because they believe that um, that. Uh, you know, Bob, the banker with 30 years experience is, is going to provide better insight or better ability to calculate that. And that may or may not be true. But if Bob needs to get involved on every loan from a $10,000 um, revolver to a $10 million complex uh, commercial loan, that's going to be extremely ineffective and inefficient for those small loan sizes. And, you know, there just has to be a mental shift to say that there are, there are ways you can programmatically make that better. And we need to trust that we've got good credit models and we can, we can allow the tools to run those for a larger and larger portion of the portfolio so that you can in fact offer more competitive rates and be profitable as well. Thank you. This is David Zweifler. I've been speaking with David Boswell, head of new lending products for DNH for Lending on Call. If you'd like to learn more about how credit unions are battling back against alternative lenders using end-to-end commercial lending technology, check out our recent podcast with Todd Johnson, Vice President of Business and Mortgage Lending at Cypress Credit Union. If you'd like to learn more about Total Lending Small Business, click the link in the description. 
Lending on Call is brought to you by DNH, a leading financial technology provider that the world's financial institutions rely on every day to help them grow and succeed. Lending on Call provides insights from senior lenders at America's best managed financial institutions and their partners. This is Lending on Call.